You're listening to the Good Samaritan Anglican Church Podcast. The following sermon was recorded by the Rev. Carrie Klukas on the fourth Sunday of Advent, December 22, 2019. A reading from the Gospel of Matthew. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother, Mary, had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband, Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Please pray with me. Lord, give us ears to hear you, hearts to be softened by you, and minds to be changed by you. Give us insights into your word and help us to change our lives to live more in line with your ways. In your name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. The gospel passage, there are a bunch of passages today, but the last one that I just read was also the gospel that was for this morning. So that's what we're going to focus in. The gospel passage today that we are reminded of about what we're about to celebrate in the coming week, the birth of Christ. We are told um, once again about the conception of Jesus, about Joseph's first reactions to Mary's situation, and the subsequent response to the angel. How many times have we heard this passage? For those of us who have been in the church for a long time, we hear over and over again this story, and it becomes rather easy, I think, to overlook the significance of the passage. Mary lived in a time in which women had little to no power. She had few legal rights, and agreeing to have God's child, she was seriously endangering herself. Mary would have grown up knowing what happened to girls who were found out pregnant before marriage. Mary would have seen the persecution of girls and of the suffering of their families with shame. Guilt and shame were the crux of the Jewish way, and shame and fear kept people in line and kept them under a standard of living. And Mary's willingness to trust God was profound. Joseph and Mary were most likely set up by their families as a good match. Mary probably did not know Joseph very well, and she probably did not know his character. 
There is no way she could have known what he would do with the news of her pregnancy before their wedding. Young ladies, or let's be rather honest, they were young girls, were set up by their family in an agreeable match with an older man. Joseph was older, he was more established, and he was able to support a wife and children. Mary was young so that she could bear many children and her family could be relieved in the care and the financial provision for her. Marriages of falling in love and of choice were highly abnormal in biblical times. Marriages meant uh, alliances in families and they meant the development of their community. As a side note, I'm rather thankful to be alive in a time period where there is choice and where there is freedom for women. I'm thankful to have fallen in love with um, my husband's heart and with his character and with his love of the Lord. So in Mary's day and age, if a woman was found out to be pregnant before marriage, she was liable to death. She would have been taken beyond the town limit and she would have been stoned to death by the town. Most of these young girls did not choose to become pregnant. They lived in a time period when they were thought of as property and the identity of the man who was responsible for the woman's situation was usually unknown. And I think so often in the church we really sterilize what is happening in the midst of Mary and Joseph's story. Mary is scandalized by trusting in the Lord and Joseph is left believing that his future wife was unfaithful to him. And both of them bear the weight of other people's speculations and their assumptions. Both of them have to trust each other and God, despite the facts that appear to prove something very different. Joseph and Mary lead the way for us and they become tied to one another in an interdependent way. Their story becomes a story of great risk, of sacrifice, and of trusting the Lord in a very profound way. In a holy Christian relationship, a couple becomes tied to one another in an interdependent way. There's actually a part in the marriage ceremony where the priest takes their stole and they like the, the couple has their hands together and the priest ties their stole around the hands of the couple. And it's just saying that literally you are being tied together and God is there with you in the midst of it. They choose, a couple, when they choose to be tied together in an interdependent way, they choose in the process of getting married to put aside their days of thinking only for themselves. They set aside um, a future of choosing what works for them, and instead they take on a life of self-sacrifice, thinking of others and of seeking the good of the whole family. Husband and wife, they bend towards each other in understanding and in graciousness. Joseph and Mary show us that interdependence can bring great peace and love and provision in our lives. Joseph and Mary's story at first is very messy 
it's very difficult and yet it is so similar to life as many of us know it. How many people have gotten married under difficult circumstances? How many people continue to live in difficult marriages or relationships? Both Mary and Joseph give us a deeper understanding of what it means to be a godly woman or a godly man in this world. They give us sort of a pathway to the Father and a way to follow in this life. Today I want to look at their lives and their choices and their attitudes and how that can shape our own lives today. First we'll look at Mary's life and the attitude of her heart. Mary's final response to the angel Gabriel became a life verse for me when I became ordained. It was, be it unto me according to your will. Mary's life points to in the way that we should go. Trusting God is not easy. It does not promise us a life of ease or of constant comfort but rather it's a life of godly presence. Mary trusted that God somehow had a plan, and even though she didn't know what it was, that he would be with her. And we know from scriptures that Mary was fearful of what the angel was actually asking her to do. We know this because the angel says, do not fear. Mary was human. She experienced all the things that we do. Pain, hunger, sickness, anxiety, loneliness, and fear of the future and what it held. And yet, she kind of steps towards godliness and a willingness to follow despite fear. Her life and her story can be ours as well. I know that I've had so many conversations with so many of you, and I know it in your lives and mine, that so much of our lives or my life was coated with layers of fear and of anxiety. Being a priest, being a mom of a large family, or even just walking into an enormous room and having to talk to everybody in it, all these things can be really challenging. However, as I walk with God and become a little more like him, or I see him, I see him in different aspects of him as I walk and step out. When God calls us to love others and to take up our cross and to follow him, we can totally quake with fear and anxiety. But the true test of our faith is, are you willing to step out even though you quake with fear? And Mary's response today is supposed to be our response. Be it unto me according to your will. Submission to what God is calling us to do is our way, is our way forward. We don't have to show up perfectly and we don't have to be totally prepared, even though I like both of those things. <laughs> We don't have to do those, but rather we do have to show up to what he wants for us. Godly men and women, they learn to listen to God's voice and to follow his way 
to a life of light and truth and purity and self-control. Mary shows us today how to fear and trust and how to step into what God calls us to despite our own limitations or fear. Joseph, however, he's not spoken of much in the scriptures. However, in the passage today, we hear some of his character. Joseph gives us a powerful example to the world of a godly man. And as we've heard earlier, Joseph had every legal right to have Mary killed for her pregnancy or to at least publicly humiliate her for her situation. He decided instead to divorce her quietly, which would have surely meant a life of bondage and of human trafficking for both Mary and for Jesus. Women were totally unable to provide for themselves and they were completely left vulnerable to the evil motives of other people. God, however, he spoke to Joseph in a dream, encouraging him to take Mary as his wife and to raise Jesus. Joseph listens and he obeys despite the immense cultural pressure that he must, that he must have felt in order to send her away. He was the one with great power in their relationship with Mary, and he did not abuse this power. Culturally, he could have, and nobody would have thought ill of him. However, eternally, he was called to do something that was quite different. Joseph was this fine example of a godly man who bends his strength and his power to the will of God. And some of the finest Christian men that I have ever met in my life They live lives that are poured out for others. Christian men are called to use their size and their strength and their intelligence and their courage to serve others. They're to lay down their power to the will of God. And over and over again, we see examples in the world of men and women mistreating others and using their power to take for themselves what they want and when they want it. Our news right now is absolutely filled with examples of immoral living, of abusing power, and of using repulsive language. But what is the Christian way? Joseph, he provides this hedge of protection around Mary and Jesus. He provides them with a livelihood of being a carpenter, and he gives them a place in society. He sees them as human beings that were made in the image of God to be respected and cared for. In our society today, one of the leading causes for being unable to see someone who is made in the image of God and rather looking at them in a very subjective way, is the use of pornography. We have significant research that has been done about the detrimental, by people that are not Christians, 
about the detrimental effect that it has in our society. Throughout the development of technology, our phones have become small computers that go everywhere with us, and therefore they take the internet everywhere. Accessing pornography is a massive, wide epidemic that knows no age limits or genders. Children are being exposed, often accidentally, at very, very young ages, and they become quickly addicted, as well as all ages in between. And our culture's lackadaisical attitude regarding the consumption of pornography has led to a serious breakdown in marriages, in healthy sexual development of children, and of the ability to see someone as being made in the image of God. And if we are to become people of God who bend our power and our will towards God, this must not be a part of our lives. If we are to look at someone and to see their heart, to see their dreams, and to see their humanity, then we have to give ourselves to pure, holy, and undefiled living. If this is a struggle for you despite your age, you don't have to live stuck. You don't have to crave those images or be bound by them. God is powerful enough to break open the bonds of death, and he can set us free from all things. And he longs to clean our minds, to give us an ability to see other people as he made them. And Jesus longs to bring his people into the light. In Philippians chapter 4, 8, it says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Seeing and treating someone with grace and kindness and humanity requires our minds to be free of worldly sins. Joseph, he sees Mary as a human being who's made in the image of God, and therefore he cares for her and Jesus in a profound way. Joseph allows Jesus to grow up in a safe Jewish home with a mother and a father. Joseph provides this hedge of protection around Jesus and Mary, and he does not use his authority or his power to frighten, humiliate, or abandon them. He shows a truly strong man who uses his size and his strength and his intelligence to quickly obey the Lord. Joseph did not hesitate towards action. When the Lord told him to do something, he used his God-given manly attributes to provide and care for Mary. And Christian men can safely follow Joseph's example of love, of provision, of kindness, and of bending of his own will towards the will of God the Father. How might God be calling you into a life of sacrifice for another person?
How are you serving those around you and providing a hedge of protection around others? Do you see a small child wandering from their parents? Encourage that child back to their parents. Do you see someone struggling with a door or groceries or keeping up with their lawn? Offer to provide help to perhaps even provide some relief for them. Do you see your spouse struggling or drowning in some aspect of life? Perhaps offer help and let them know that you love them and you long to help. True strength, true power comes in laying down your life for others. I am deeply thankful for these past 14 years of married life, as it has been for me, I'm like, can't even look at him, an awe-inspiring experience to be walking next to a man who longs to provide love and care and kindness to his family. I, it was easier the first service, you weren't here. I have watched him shape his pursuits around his family, giving up sleep for the sake of providing. I have watched him give up opportunities that he really wanted, knowing that it was not good for our family. I have watched him sacrifice his comfort, his self-oriented activities, and his inward pursuits for the sake of myself and of our family. He longs to be a Jesus follower. He longs to be a man of peace and to be changed more and more into the likeness of Christ. He follows the way Joseph lays out for us today. Okay, so there's another man, talk about someone else less personal, in the history of whose stories I would like to share with you that demonstrate a life that is lived in accordance with God. So night was falling over the harbor of Bristol, England, and in the orphanage that was founded by George Mueller and his wife, the children were getting ready for bed. George was working in his study when his wife arrived with alarming news. We're out of milk, she said, and there isn't enough for the morning oatmeal. George laid down his pen and this wasn't the first time that money needed to be for buying food and for supplies, and it was tight. The Mueller's took in their first group of 30 girls in 1836, and their orphanage now at that point housed over 100 children. From the first, George remained resolved never to ask for funds from people or never to borrow money. He went to God alone for every need, trusting wholly in the Lord's faithfulness and provision. So the pastor rose from his desk and he reached for his wife's hand. Mary, he said, let us pray. And then two orphanage employees joined them and together they made their humble yet their necessary requests to God. Tiny helpless mouths we're depending on them for sustenance. Be assured if you walk with him and look to him and expect help from him, George reminded them afterwards, he will never fail you. 
So someone knocked on the door and Mary hurried to answer it, returning to the study just a moment later. She handed her husband an envelope. It's a letter, George. Hurry up and open it. Enclosed was a sum of money that was more than enough to buy the milk. And within minutes, there were two more letters arrived with money and pledges of support. This immediate and abundant response to prayer had been a typical experience for George Mueller and his wife. Because after he had come to faith and started meditating seriously on the Bible, he determined to simply trust God and his word. All throughout history, we have profound examples of Christian men and women who pour out themselves out in the service of other, others. They're men and women who radiate the love of the Lord, who show self-control and kindness when they could totally abuse the power that God has given them. Abusing power, lying, and cruelty are fast and they are easy. Just think how easy it is for you and I to sin, to be unkind, to be quick with our words, to be quick in our judgment of others. Joseph and Mary show us that we are to be a holy people who cling to the cross, who take the hard paths that lead to eternal life. God longs to train up and shape us for glory and to make us into a people of peace and self-control, acknowledging each other's humanity. So as we enter this Christmas week, I pray that each one of us will look upon the nativity of our Lord with new and fresh eyes. I pray that each one of us will see some peace of our own hearts that need to be transformed and made new. And I pray that each one of us might come more fully into our own humanity, being able to see one another as God has made us. To God be the glory now and forever. Amen. This has been a production of Good Samaritan Anglican Church in Middleburg, Florida. For more sermons, sermon notes, and information about our congregation, please visit www.goodsamaritananglican.org slash sermons. If this podcast has been helpful to you, please subscribe and leave us a review with your favorite podcast player. Thank you for listening. God bless you.